to raise a little help. If you've been keeping up with the episodes regularly with the bi-weekly schedule, you'll notice that I took a little bit of an unexpected hiatus, but that's life. Shit happens. Um, and sometimes you just need to take a little bit of a break and, and shift your, um, your priorities. And that's one of the things I'm actually going to be talking about today. So I'm going to be talking about my hiatus and habits. Because sometimes when life throws curveballs, you need to pivot. And I think one of the best things you can do is think about habits, think about the non-negotiables in your life and, and how can you still balance that while dealing with a tough time. So I'm going to get into that. I'm going to paint a picture, but hello, welcome. What is up? I'm just so happy to be back on the mic. I'm recording this on a Friday night, keeping it casual. I have a actually have a glass of Kabsov with me. So cheers to anyone enjoying a beverageino, as the TikTokers like to call it, uh, right now. And I mean, alcohol beverageino or raise that water, stay hydrated. We, uh, we love hydration on this podcast. So joy of the week. It has been a hot minute since I have said my joy of the week on air, uh, but not a hot minute since I've practiced gratitude. Back in our earlier episodes, I talked about how journaling is a habit that I've instilled in my life. And I try and think of three things that I am grateful for every single day. It makes me appreciate the good. I mean, these are, aren't always the biggest things. Sometimes they're little, like a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, and you know, sometimes they're larger, but whatever you're grateful for, um, definitely makes an impact on your life. So something I'm grateful for this week is my body. And what I mean by that is my body has been allowing me to wake up earlier with the sun rising earlier and walk. And I'm actually participating in a walk for MD. I talked about that on my interview with Jay Lee um, coming up. And by the time this episode airs, I'm going to have walked. But I am so grateful to be waking up early in the morning going outside. I've been walking with friends too. Um, and that has been something so positive that has added joy into my life. So not only the fact that my body is allowing me to wake up and enjoy all that nature has to offer. I'm also grateful for the people that I've been able to walk with, you know, as a runner, I, I don't always get on as many walks as, as I should, because, I'm just like, oh, I've already been outside, but I think this is a practice that I'm really trying to make habitual. I'm going to dive into that. See, see the little uh, sequence of events I'm putting in here? It's like I planned it. Kidding. That was actually natural, but let's go with the flow. But yeah, so walking has really brought me joy recently, and I just wanted to share that. Um, so hiatus and habits, the double H. As you guys know, my brother has um, myotonic dystrophy, which is a f- form of neuromuscular disorder. 
he's recently gone through just a tough time. Um, I will just say out front that he's home, he's healing, he's doing well. And I swear, I'm not going to cry because podcasting is an outlet and podcasting is fun. But, you know, he was in hospital for almost three weeks. And the thing about the hospital right now is there's still a lot of restrictions. So it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say the hospital is ever a comfy place to go. But, you know, I I spent so much time there as a kid and growing up, it it does become a little homey and, and you get used to it. But but this time it was different and, and, and knock on wood, we were so grateful that we didn't have any incidents with hospitalization during COVID. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with mask wearing and, and, and being, you know, isolated from your day-to-day circle. Schools have a lot of germs. It's common for, for people like my brother who are immunocompromised to, you know, get sick in the fall, but that's just like a lot of, a lot of you and I too. And this, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it a hiccup because it's not a hiccup in William's health. It's just, it's just life. This curveball, I think that's the best way to put it, you know, really made me stop in, in my tracks. Um, you know, you need to, you need to think about what you can do for your family You need to think about what can you do for the person that you love that's in the hospital. Um, You need to continue to check in on one another. You need to make accommodations at work. If you are spiritual in any aspect, whether that's through prayer, meditation, any sort of higher power mantra, you, you speak or you put your thoughts towards that person or being. And, and you really reflect. And when I reflect on the past month of all this, the first thing that I think of is the people, the people in the circle around me and my family. So if I was going to say anything about dealing with a hard time, don't isolate yourself. And I've become more introverted over time, but it is so important to not isolate yourself. Being resilient doesn't mean dealing with it on your own. Being resilient means using resources around you to get through hard times, whether those are things, actions, or people. And I think the simplest thing is checking in and letting somebody know um, when you're not okay. You know, a lot of people who my family and I spoke with when, when my brother was in the hospital, they're like, what, what can I do? And unfortunately, there's not a lot that people can actually do, especially with restrictions in the hospital. But, you know, keeping the person who is dealing with everything in, in your thoughts, sending good energy, um, speaking to whoever you speak to, if if that's what you do, bless my grandparents, just sending food, um, just action thoughts, words like that. And even just asking, I think goes a long way. So 
I hope what I'm saying is is making sense. I'm trying to get into that without being too public of regarding my um, my brother's care, as this is you know on the internet and anyone can find anything on the internet. But um, it's it's been a tough month, but we're we're moving upwards and dealing with everything the past month has really made me think about my habits and non-negotiables. Earlier this year, I read Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you don't know, it is a self-help book, very popular. I believe it's a New York Times bestseller, but I got it for Christmas and it was one of the first books I read in the new year. For me, habits are something I really started learning um, later in life. Honestly, more post-grad. Like if I had implemented habits and practices more regularly in like undergrad, I think my mental health, my academic success, um, and even probably my physical health would have been better than they were. So I guess I should start by defining a habit. So I'm going off the definition that is in James Clear's book, um, but a habit is a routine or practice performed regularly, an automatic response to a specific situation. You know, I think a lot of our habits are so innate. It's, It's who we are. It's building our character. I mean, I could probably describe habits of my close friends and my partner and my parents and my family like very easily because especially when you live with someone you just you know them it's like oh that's so and so um but habits aren't always just natural some habits have to be worked for and they have to have active time and attention put put into them I mean, I have a lot of habits, but I would say one of the first habits I really actively tried to implement and make habitual was journaling. And that was with my five minute journal. And one of the things that James talks about in the book is these laws of habits. So the first law is make it obvious, the second is make it attractive. The third is make it easy. And the fourth is making it satisfying. And the, if you're speaking from a business perspective, the return on investment for your mental health from journaling is astronomical. I mean, that's my case. I know it's not for everyone, but in my case, it's astronomical. It was doing it and finding that five minutes every day. So the first step making it obvious was buying the five minute journal book, you know, that's, that's in the environment. It's an aesthetically appealing book. It's right there. It has the prompts. It's obvious that journaling is something that you need to do. Making it attractive as well. I think that goes hand in hand, you know, with the aesthetic and, and the prompts in the five minute journal book. But I heard this on the Skinny Confidential podcast, actually. And one of the things they said is the morning routine starts the night before. And I think with any habit, this is so pivotal. So the journal needs to be out with the pen at the bedside or at the kitchen table 
where I have my coffee to be able to do it. That instantly, you see it in the morning, you think about it, you do it. And I get, I drink coffee every single morning. You know, that's something that could be classified as a habit or habitual. Um, And I sit down and I drink my coffee every morning for the most part. So having that journal beside someplace that I am already actively doing a habit is habit stacking. And finishing my coffee is so satisfying, but then closing that journal right there is so satisfying as well. And boom, I've just actively practiced two habits. So I know that's a whirlwind of an explanation, but it's so, it's so true. So maybe you're thinking, okay, that's a great example, Steph, but how is this tying into resilience? Um, And I said at the beginning of the episode, I want to talk about my hiatus and I want to talk about my habits. And how I want to address this is when life throws these curveballs, habits slip. You might not be in your, in your normal environment. I know for me, I was traveling back and forth, not only for work um, because I had a busy last month, but I was traveling back and forth between my, where my parents live and where I live. So, you know, you're not in your natural day-to-day environment where, you know, you, you prep your, your, your morning the night before you have things at your desk, the way they are, you have your coffee cup here and certain things here. Um, so you, so you have to adapt. And I think the first part to adapting during, we'll call them tough times. We'll call them busy times, but adapting when you need to be resilient is knowing your non-negotiables. And this is so much harder than it sounds, but it's so true. If you need to move in the morning to be the best self that you can be that day, and I'm saying best self that day, because I know when you're going through a tough time, as hard as you try, you're not going to be your ultimate, like 100%, 10 out of 10, like best, best self that day. I'm just talking about the best self from the energy that you can give that day. So as I was saying, if you need to move your body in the morning that day, um, but you're someplace else, where, where can you go for a walk? Is there a route close by? Can you excuse yourself for a work call and walk while you're taking that call? Can you pack just a, just a towel? Say you can't bring your yoga mat. You're used to doing yoga every morning. Can you just pack a towel or, or borrow one from where you are and just do some light stretching in the morning? I think just being able to pivot from your regular routine and kind of audit it into the situation will go a long way. A lot of the times when we're dealing with tough times, like hygiene, diet, everything kind of starts, starts to slip. Um, with food, what, what can you eat or what can you do that will still fuel you? For when my brother was in the hospital, I, I recognized this for my parents. I mean, you're dealing with this all day, you're working, you're drained. And I ordered them a meal prep service, chef's plate. And that just took the stress out is that 
Is that something they can do? Is that something you can do in in a situation like this? If the problem is you're on the road a lot or you're going back and forth between places, is there instead of stopping to, you know, get fast food and, and meals all the time, is there something that you could get from the grocery store and have kind of like a cooler to and from um, that then you could have homemade food, but readily available. So what I'm meaning by that is cold cuts and buns, you know, crackers, cheese, protein bars, things that really nourish you. Um, and I know that makes a, makes a big difference for me when I'm eating crappy, I feel crappy. And I think diet is truly one of the things that slips the most when life throws curveballs and we're dealing with hard times. So again, just being proactive and active about it um, can go a long way. I think it's also okay when you're dealing with a tough time to remove habits that maybe aren't serving us at this time. So if your habit is maybe an extracurricular or another commitment that you regularly do, I think it's okay to set that boundary and say, no, if you call your friend every Wednesday, but you just, and that's a habit, but you just don't have the energy to give, it's okay to take a step back. Setting boundaries and being okay with it is part, it's part of resilience. And uh, emotions, they, they drive behavior and we can only be rational and logical after we've been emotional. And James Clear, he talks about this in this book. He says, the primary mode of the brain is to feel. The secondary mode is to think. And I think that speaks volume. Our, our first response, it's the fast and unconscious part of the brain. It's, it's optimized for feeling and anticipating. Whereas the second response, it's slower. And this is the part that does the thinking. The feeling comes first and the rationality only intervenes later. And it works great when the two are aligned. But when they're not, it results in illogical and emotional thinking. So all in all, when this comes to habit, let yourself feel emotionally. Because when you take a step back, you look at the big picture and you think, what do I, what habits do I need to do to fuel me right now? But what habits do I need to take away for the time being so that I can focus on the present is so important. And I think that's a really, really hard skill to build. And honestly, I think you need to go through hard times and think rationally and out and think emotionally and learn from it to be able to handle yourself better. And nobody's ever going to be perfect in these curveballs. I mean, life throws so many of them and you're never going to know, but the more and more mountains we climb, the more and more we learn about ourselves, what we need, what we can give and resilience and habits go hand in hand with climbing that mountain. I, I encourage anyone to read this book. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I gave it five stars on Goodreads. It was one of the most applicable self-help books that I think I've read because I think it gave a lot of direction and it gave a lot of practical 
advice that could be implemented into my life. Um, so I definitely recommend this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And for some reason, if James Clear is listening, send me a DM. I would love to thank you for inspiring this podcast episode and for helping me instill better habits in my life. In light of the tough time that I shared at the beginning of the episode, I just want to thank anyone who's listening from the bottom of my heart who I'm not going to cry because um, that's a habit I'm trying to come back on. So I guess a whiteboard that says days without crying. So um, we're just an emotional 25-year-old. So can't wait till menopause. Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. But to anyone who is listening that knew about the situation, send their thoughts and their prayers send positive energies, checked in with myself, checked in with my family. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It, um, we're truly surrounded by uh, so much, so much love in this world. Um, and I'm just so happy that my brother is home and he's healing. Um, as are my parents, they're finally getting some rest. And I guess I could say I am too. So before I part, I'm going to be raising a little health for muscular dystrophy this coming week. Um, I know by the time this episode is up, the walk will be done, but I'm participating in the walk for muscular dystrophy and on Team Willie White Shoes with my family. We've had to scale back and shorten our walk this year just with the circumstances of my brother's health, but nonetheless, we'll still be getting together and we're still accepting donations online. Our page will still be open by the time this podcast went out. Um, if, if that's something you're interested in or able to support financially in any way. So I'm just very, very excited for that. I will probably recap it um, next episode. But thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next one. I'm Steph and this is Raise a Little Health. Bye. Bye.